0: Good morning, Church. Good morning to those who are here, uh, those who who are at home, in your respective homes. It's a joy to be in the presence of God together, worshipping. And uh, today, we are going to conclude the series, as Pastor Padi has uh, mentioned just now, on your kingdom here, right? Your kingdom here. Now, um, today's topic that has been given for us to consider is your wholeness, okay? The topic is your wholeness. Um, now, in the last few weeks, leading up to this conclusion, we have, we have had Pastors Clarence Sachi from C3 Church come and share with us about uh, our identity as well, you know. Um, last week, Pastor Stephen shared with us about our authority, okay? Um, and, and all these things that we have heard, right, Come together for us to consider today what's most important. And what's important, church, is that you understand and I understand that without Christ we are nothing. Amen? Okay? And we are only made whole as we appropriate or we, we not just understand but we, we put into action uh, the things that we have been learning. Okay? This, uh, th- this whole month, right? And, um, you know, Pastor Clarence talked about our identity, he he spoke about the fact that you and I, we are valued, amen? Tell your neighbor, you are valued, you are valued in Christ, hallelujah. Uh, He also mentioned about how we are already righteous, so positionally, because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, you and I, we are already righteous, amen? Right? By the grace of God, we are already righteous, and how awesome is this thought, you and I, we are destined, right? We have a great destiny, we have a great purpose. God has already given us a great destiny and purpose in Christ. And, um, and, and so while we, we understand these things and, and we know that the work is already finished, when Christ said it is finished, it is, uh, He really meant that it is finished, it is done. Uh, Pastor Stephen spoke about how we need to also recognize our authority, right? Okay? Because while the work is finished, you and I, we need the authority of Christ, we need to start uh, appropriating this authority to claim back what the enemy has stolen at the fall, at the onset in, in the Garden of Eden, right? So, right from the very beginning, right from the very beginning of time, we see that Jesus was the seed that was going to come and destroy the works of the devil, okay? Jesus was the, the seed. Jesus is the second Adam, right? The Bible refers to him as the second Adam. And, and so Jesus' mission was to bring complete restoration back to mankind in, in every aspect, in every aspect that you can think of. When you, read, when you read the book of Genesis, right? When you read the book of Genesis, um, you see God's original purpose for man in the Garden of Eden, what it was meant to be. It was meant to be a place where relationships were perfect, right? There were no broken relationships. It was meant to be a place where there was no sickness, amen? There was no sickness, there was no striving, right? Whatever they needed was provided. They didn't need to strive to, to, to make a living and, and so everything was just perfect, okay? And, and so Jesus came to restore the kingdom and in, in His... Uh, in in what He did, He made it possible for us to start to move forward back to the original blueprint of God. Are you following me? Right? Okay, we are not there yet. We are not there yet because the end, the, the perfect restoration of the kingdom will happen once Jesus Himself comes back. Amen? Right? But as we start to recognize these truths and appropriate these truths in our lives, we are moving closer day by day. Are you following me, Church? Right? And and that's the message we want to consider today about our wholeness in Christ. Now, in in speaking about our wholeness, there's so many things we can talk about. So, but today I'm just going to be touching on a few areas which I feel is important for us to consider. Okay, Um, let us turn to the passage in Isaiah chapter sixty-one, reading from verses one to three. Okay, Isaiah sixty-one verses one to three, and this was the prophecy. Many hundreds of years ago, before Jesus Himself came, before the promised Messiah came, right, as as a baby, born of Mary, came to conquer darkness, destroy the works of, of the devil. And this is what the prophet Isaiah says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. And He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against uh, against their enemies. And to all who mourn in Israel, He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. And in their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for His own glory. Wow. There's such a lot, as we read this, there's such a lot of things that we can take home from this passage. Now, we we start off by, by seeing that Jesus had come to restore, uh, as you see the, the, the bigger picture, he has come to restore wholeness to man, okay? So this passage speaks about how he wants to do it and what he wants to, uh, to achieve, right? And it starts off by speaking about the fact that Jesus was anointed by whom? By God, right? He was anointed by God. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And his purpose, his mission was to bring good news to us. Now, are you excited? Are you excited with the good news? Now, I want to see how many of you here are excited. At home, I can't see you, but if you're excited, wave your hands. Are you excited with this good news that Jesus has come to bring? Okay? Wave your hands if you're excited. If you're not excited, keep your hands down, right? Okay? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, you must be excited church you must be excited because this good news is not just about uh, it's not just about Jesus coming and saving you from your sins and so that you know uh, you don't need to go to hell and one day you can just uh, go to heaven like what Pastor Stephen c- uh, keeps on saying but, but, uh, but he came to bring good news and the good news is this he has not only come to save us from our sins he has come to bring comfort to the broken hearted right and so today, if you are someone who is broken-hearted, if you are someone who is emotionally distressed, if you are someone who has who has all this baggage uh, that 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 you have accumulated over the years, Jesus has come to bring comfort to you. He has come to bring restoration to you. He wants to heal, not just uh, he wants to heal not just your your spirit, not just save your spirit and your soul, but he wants to completely restore you emotionally, mentally, right, in order to become the person that God purposed you and I to be. Amen? Okay? So the question I want to ask you is, what baggage do you carry with you that you have not let go? What is this baggage that you have carried with you that you have not let go? Jesus wants to bring you healing. He wants to come and comfort your broken heart today. And then the next thing that Jesus has come to do, the Bible says that He has come to set the captives free and to release the prisoners. Right? to release the prisoners. Freed from what, church? Freed from the oppression of the enemy because Satan is still very much a very, very strong foe. Okay, Whether we like it or not, I I keep telling people when I do my uh, spiritual authority lessons with them, you and I, we are in a spiritual war, right? Whether you like it or not, we are part of this war. And we need to recognize that fact and know that in Christ... We are more than conquerors in Christ. We are victorious in Christ. We are able to to uh, to to not just to not just you know continue life as normal, but we are set free from the clutches of the devil. Amen. So you don't need to continue to be a captive. a a captive of the devil, a captive of Satan, a captive of all the schemes and all the plans that he has for your your life because Jesus has already come to set you free, right? The Bible says that he has come to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be set free. Hallelujah! Amen? And, And then he says that to all who mourn, to all who mourn, right? Jesus has come to give us exchange. Exchange of what? Beauty for ashes. Right? So whatever it is you have, Jesus offers you an exchange. Bring the ashes of your past and offer it to Him. Right? And He is going to give you beauty for ashes. And the the verse continues to say, that um, He'll give you a crown of beauty for ashes and joyous blessings instead of mourning. So all all the blessings that Satan has come to steal from you, right? To steal from me. Jesus wants to now exchange these things and give you the blessings of God. Are you excited? Those at home, are you excited? If you're excited, tell your neighbour, I'm excited. And, say, and, and and shout out a praise offering to Jesus, because Jesus has come to give you this. And so Jesus was the promised seed in Genesis for the restoration of our wholeness. Now, number one, the first point I want us to consider is this, right? Um, as we have looked at this verse, the, this verse ends, it ends with the purpose for the restoration of our wholeness, okay? It ends with the purpose for the restoration of our wholeness. And this is how it ends. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for His own glory. Can you see that? Okay. In their righteousness, that means in our restoration to all that God has promised us and and what God wants us to become, right? We will be planted like great oaks for what? So that, Jesus, uh, so that the Lord Himself will be glorified, amen? So the key purpose for the restoration of our wholeness is for us to radiate God's glory to all creation, okay? To radiate God's glory to all creation. Now, we are living in very difficult times. Um, with the COVID that has hit us the last two years, with the pandemic that has hit us, uh, you know, now latest with the war that's happening in, uh, in, in Ukraine, and, and, and not just Ukraine, I mean, it's, it's been happening in so many places, it's just that the media is not picking it up, and, and, and sometimes even with, with the situation in our country, right, we wonder what, what's happening. In the last decade, we see turmoil politically, politically we see turmoil economically, and, and we wonder where are we heading and, um, and this is the purpose of the restoration of our wholeness because, remember, we have, we, this month we are speaking about the kingdom of God, amen? Now you and I, we are part of God's kingdom and we are subjects of His kingdom and so when God's kingdom is established, when a kingdom is established, the first purpose of establishing a kingdom is to make the king known okay? That's the first purpose of establishing a kingdom. It is to make the king himself known, right? Okay, so it is to make the king himself known. So, when, uh, when the Romans, those days, when they, when they went and conquered different places, right? The first thing they would do is to, to make known who their ruler was, right? And so, it is to make Jesus known, right? So, the kingdom of God when we establish the kingdom of God, it is to make Jesus known. Number two, when the kingdom is established, it is to make the ways of the king become the ways of the land. Okay, I'm going to say that again. When the kingdom is established, it is to make the ways of the king become the ways of the land. Okay, And so where am I heading with this church? We get frustrated with the condition of our land But I want you to know that you and I, the Church of Jesus Christ, is the answer to the problems that we face in Malaysia, right? So until and unless we come and embrace our identity, our authority, and come into our wholeness in in the Lord Jesus Christ, this land will not change, right? We can continue to grumble as much as we want. We can continue to, uh, you know, to, to... to tell our children that you better, you leave, right? And all kinds of things, but end of the day, the only answer to, Malaysia, to the problems we see in Malaysia, to, to all the things we desire to see change in Malaysia is the church of Jesus Christ, amen? And that is why um, this Bible verse says, right? In their righteousness, as you become like Jesus, right? And that's what it means to, to, to now, become the righteousness of God, right? You become like Jesus Christ. As you and I become like Jesus Christ, as we become completely restored to our wholeness, then they will become like great oaks that the Lord has planted for His own glory. Then the glory of God will start to radiate in in Malaysia. Then we will see the political scene changing, the economical scene changing, the social scene changing. Unity start to happen in our nation and breakthroughs start to happen, right? Do you want to see that, church? If we want to see that, it starts with us, right? Coming into the wholeness that God has called us to, okay? Number two, (coughs) while we recognize the purpose, the second thing is this. Jesus came to bring restoration of wholeness to our whole being. I want you to know that, okay? We spoke about that briefly just now. So, Jesus' restoration is not just a part restoration, he is restoring wholeness to our body, to our soul, and our spirit, right? Do you know we are three-part <laughs> three beings? Yeah? So we have this physical body, right? At the same time, we are created in the image of God, so we, we, we are spirit beings, right? So one day, when you and I uh, leave this earth, these bodies will decay, right? But our spirits are going to go and, and it's going to be eternally with Jesus Christ, or for those who don't know Jesus, their spirits will still live. But they are going to be condemned to hell. Amen? Right? Uh, and then we have our souls. Now, our soul is the real you and I, okay? Our emotions, our thoughts, right? And all these things, that's, that's our soul, right? Okay? So, so we are three-part beings. And um, our restoration for, ho- for wholeness, our journey towards wholeness, begins with us recognizing and living out this truth, okay? John 8, 31 to 32. I know that we we always quote verse 32, right? And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I think this is a very popular verse, correct? Okay? And then we tell ourselves, oh, you have to read the Bible, you have to renew your mind. You have to now understand the truth truth of the Word of God. Do, do, do we say these kind of things? I know I, I used to preach these kind of things, right? Okay? It's true, yes. You need to know the truth that then the truth will set you free. But what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say in verse 31? You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Can you see that? Right? So, just by knowing the truth alone but without walking in obedience of the truth without uh, recognizing that it's not just a matter of knowing it and, and uh, internalizing it. If you don't start walking out the truth, then you and I, we will not see the breakthrough we want, okay? So our restoration to wholeness comes not simply by knowing the truth, but as Jesus said, remaining faithful to the truth, living out God's promises and truths in the Bible. For example, uh, many of us know that excessive eating is bad. Right? And a healthy diet is essential for us to be healthy. Am I right or not? Uh-huh. But we enjoy good food, we enjoy desserts, we enjoy lazing in front of the TV, we dread the thought of wearing our shoes and, and going for our exercise, right? You know the truth, you know the truth already, what? Right? But uh-huh. I know the truth, you know the truth. But do we practice this truth? Do we carry out the truth? Some of you say, yes, wonderful. Okay? But many of us don't, right? And then suddenly when diabetes hits or when, when sickness hits, uh, you know, then we say, oh, why like that one? Huh? And then we start to grumble and complain, right? So it's a very simple thing, right? Okay? You can know the truth, but if you don't walk in the truth, if you don't practice the truth, you are not going to reap the fruit of, of that truth, okay? So... Uh, so knowing the truth doesn't set you, f- set you free. So, so we need to have discipline, we need to have diligence in pursuing the truth, in, in walking out the truth in our lives and then we will start to see the shift happen, okay? <coughs> um, and then the next part of this, verse 31, verse 31, it is also not just doing it once or twice, my dear friends. Right? What did Jesus say? remaining faithful, right? Remaining faithful to my teaching. So you have to remain faithful. You need to do it continuously, diligently, day in, day out, practice it over and over again because he knows that it takes diligence day in, day out, practice your drills, practice your, your, your court coverage, uh, practice whatever. Sorry, I'm just simply saying I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah? So you need to practice, okay? If you don't practice it out, right, it's not going to manifest itself, okay, so it's a continuous thing, okay. So our sanctification, remember um, Pastor Clarence actually talked about sanctification, if I believe, right, if I'm not mistaken, right, he spoke about sanctification. So our sanctification, right, even though positionally we are right, positionally we are already right with Christ, but our sanctification, which is our daily renewal, right, needs us to do our spiritual disciplines daily, okay. It needs us to do it daily. So the moment you become lazy, then you will start to see that your thought pattern changes. You start to think negative thoughts. You start to get into a, a position where, uh, you know, you, you have all kinds of unkind feelings against someone else, you know. You start to go back into your, your, uh, your depression and you start to think, oh, why am I like that, you know. And you start to, you, you start to take a few steps back, right. So the victory that you started to get, starts to be undone. Can you see that? Okay? A sportsman like Wehan will know if he doesn't practice, let's say two weeks, right? And if he goes and he goes on the badminton court and when he starts to play, the coach will straight away know, hey, what happened to you? Right? Because all the work that he has done has been undone now. Are you seeing what I'm saying, church? Right? So it's absolutely necessary, okay? So point number three. Um, the first step towards receiving our wholeness, Right? Or, or the next step towards receiving our holders is reflection and repentance. Now this is essential, okay? Essential. I want you to know this. Um, today, my challenge to you, my dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters, is this: We need to come and reflect. How has our life changed after surrendering to Jesus? how has your life changed? How has my life changed? Yes, we are all on a journey of sanctification, I said, right? Towards the person we should become. But there must be constant progress. You agree with me? If we are not making constant progress, something is not right. Everyone expects constant progress in this world. Your boss expects constant progress from you. Am I right? If you don't progress at work, what happens? Uh, let me ask Wing Jin. Your, if your staff don't progress at work, then uh, what happens when you do your KPI? Huh? <laughs> huh? Betul tak? Huh? so why do we ex- have a different set of standards for our, our Christian faith our Christian walk right? You, you, are, you, are you following what I'm saying or not why are we so complacent with our Christian walk everything else we can understand that this is necessary but for our Christian faith we are so complacent we, we think okay la, never mind la, just let it be la, right? why because I've already got a ticket to heaven I'm going to heaven already What? so what Right So today it's time to reflect, my, my dear brothers and sisters, how has my thinking changed over the years as a believer? Are, am I still struggling with certain thought patterns and, 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 and certain thoughts uh, which keep coming back, and uh, you know I've just accepted it as part of me, right? Or am I uh, recognizing these thoughts and now trying to understand the root of these thoughts and aligning it with the truth of the Word of God and seeing renewal happening in our mind? right? How have my habits changed? Are you still stuck with certain habits that you can't break free from? And uh, you, you know it's wrong, but you have just accepted it and you're just continue, continuing the way you are, you know? What are you still struggling with? What, why are we still holding on to these things, right? I want you to know this. Repentance has become a taboo word in the church, Okay? We like to focus on grace. Yes, grace is awesome. The grace of God is awesome. But the truth is this, right? The truth is this. Repentance is not contrary to the message of grace. Are you following me? Repentance is not contrary to the message of grace. While What Pastor Clarence, Sachi said said, um, was right about the need for us to embrace our position as righteous children. Yes, you and I are righteous positionally as far as God is concerned, right? But let me assure you, uh, and also let me me assure you that the voices of guilt and condemnation are also not from our Abba Father. Okay, I want to to assure you about that, right? God is not someone who who condemns you. God is not someone who makes you feel guilty. God is not someone who, who wants you to feel unworthy, right? Okay? So if you have such thoughts as well, then those thoughts are not from God, okay? Those thoughts are from the enemy, right? But the truth is, And this is a very powerful statement. Grace is opposed to you and I earning, right? Earning our rights to be children of God. Grace is opposed to my earning, but not my effort, my dear brothers and sisters. Okay? Grace is opposed to my earning. You cannot earn it. You cannot earn the love of God. You cannot earn the forgiveness of God. You cannot earn the, the goodness of God, the blessings of God, but grace is Is not opposed to your effort, right? So while we have been saved by grace, we are also empowered by grace to walk out our salvation, to work out our salvation, to to move forward, right? By playing our part, by doing what is necessary, okay? So repentance is very important. Repentance is the renewal of our minds. now, once we have renewed our minds, then it also requires, the Bible says, faith without works is dead. So you need to work out your salvation, right? You're not earning your salvation. Okay, I didn't say you're earning your salvation. You, are you, uh, did you follow what I'm saying? But you have to work it out, right? You need to work it out through your actions, through your faith. You following me, right? So it's absolutely necessary. So grace is opposed to my earning, But not my effort. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is not opposed to our effort, but He is opposed to the notion that we can earn our our wholeness, right? Through our efforts, okay? So repentance does not lead to condemnation, my dear brothers and sisters. Repentance doesn't lead to condemnation, repentance leads to freedom, okay? The more we stay in our sin, that's what leads to condemnation, right? The more you stay in your sin, the more you don't repent, the more you don't, you, you don't break free from this, that's when you continue to walk in condemnation. Can I get an amen? Yeah? But the moment you, you align yourself with, the, with, with, with God, you align yourself with the truth of the Word of God, then you will start to see that that condemnation leaves because the empowering grace of God not your own strength, not your own ability, but that empowering grace of God is what allows you to start to walk in alignment with God. Amen? Okay? Point number four is this. How we think affects our wholeness. Okay? How we think affects our wholeness. So repentance begins with the renewals of our, uh, renewal of our minds. Okay, Your thoughts have a source and they are linked to your core belief system. Your thoughts have a source, and they are linked to your core belief system, right? We all think differently. Can, I, can we agree on that? Okay? We all think differently. And that's why we can all come to different conclusions about a uh, uh, same topic that we're talking about, right? Because we all come from different backgrounds, we all come from uh, different experiences, different environments, right? And so... Um, our, our thoughts have a source, and they are linked to our core belief system. For example, you remember Joshua and Caleb and the 12 spies, right? They were, going to, uh, they were sent to go, and, uh, to go and evaluate the land, right? And to come back and give a report, so that the children of Israel could decide what's next, and what they should do next. Now, just uh, 10 out of these spies came back and they gave a negative report, right? Why? Because their core belief system or what drives their thinking was their, their past, okay? What has happened in Egypt? You know, all the baggage that, 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 that they had with them, they were carrying it with them, they didn't let it go yet, right? So they, they hadn't started to trust God, they, started, they hadn't started to believe God and so all these thoughts kept coming back and stopping them from coming to the conclusion that what God promised was true, what God promised was real, amen? So only Joshua and Caleb, both of them, had a different, um, a, a different kind of thinking, right? Their minds were renewed. So, what I'm trying to say is this repentance begins with the renewal of our minds, okay? And, um, and we see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 2 to 5. And the Apostle Paul says, I beg you that when I come, I may not have. I may not have to be as bold as I expect towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, and this is the part I want you to focus on. So Paul is speaking about warfare, right? He's speaking about weapons right now. When do we use weapons? When we are in a war, right? Right? Are you following so far? We use weapons when we are in a war. And then he says, on the contrary, these weapons, they have divine powers to demolish what? Strongholds. And then he goes on to say, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So, church the battleground is in our minds, right? This spiritual war that we are facing is in your mind, is in my mind, and so unless we renew our mind, our thought process, our thinking, right, with the truth of the Word of God as a basis of what we start to to choose to believe and think of, um, we cannot start to appropriate the wholeness that Jesus Christ has come to give us, Okay? And, and, and this is why uh, the, the second part of it also says that these arguments, right, these arguments, these rubbish thoughts in our minds, these ridiculous thoughts in our minds, these unhealthy thoughts in our minds, right, these pretensions, all these arguments, these pretensions, they set themselves up against what? The knowledge of God. Can you see that? Right? Right? So it, here it is speaking about the ways of God, right? And so the, the way we, we can come into our wholeness is to now separate what are the ways of the world because the ways of the world are of the devil, right? Can I get an amen? No? Yes. Anything that is against the knowledge of God, the ways of God is of the devil. There is no, no in-between, you understand? It's either of Satan or it is of God. You understand? You understand? Right? So, anything that comes against the knowledge of God, the ways of God, is something that we have to let go of. Okay? And there are many things, even in my own life, every day I'm discovering new things. That the way I think about uh, circumstances, about situations because we are so entrenched with the corporate culture, we are so entrenched with the school systems that we grow up with and, and, and as we grow up, they bring in all kinds of worldly culture, worldly thinking that, uh, that, con- that contradicts the ways of God, right? But we have started to accept it as norm in the church and this is the reason why we are not making progress. And so we have to come to a point, we ask the Holy Spirit to show us, God, please show me Are these really your ways? I need to know the ways of God so that I can go forward. Amen? Okay? Uh, Next point is this. I want to talk about deliverance. Right? Now, deliverance is essential for our wholeness. Jesus Himself instituted the ministry of deliverance. Jesus Himself spent a large part of His time ministering deliverance and also healing the sick. Do you agree with me? Right? I challenge you to go and read the book of Mark. Go back and read the book of Mark and you will see how many, uh, how many percent, a large portion of the book of Mark, you see Jesus doing the ministry of deliverance, right? And then we see, um, and, and, and we see in Acts 10.38, the Bible says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by whom? oppressed by the devil, right? So even your sickness is an oppression by Satan. Can you see that? Your sickness is an oppression by Satan and and that's why Jesus never separated deliverance with healing and and whenever uh, He healed the sick, He also cast out demons and we saw that so many people were healed, okay? And more importantly, He didn't separate the preaching of the gospel from healing and deliverance. It happened as apostle, right? When Jesus sent out the twelve, do you remember? When he sent out the twelve, what did he tell them? Cast out demons, heal the sick, preach the message of the kingdom. When he sent out the seventy-two, what did he tell them? Same thing, right? Preach the message of the kingdom, heal the sick, cast out demons, right? And so if, if that was the model of Jesus' ministry, why has the church today taken a step back from the ministry of deliverance. I want you to think about that, right? Many churches today don't have ministries which are helping people to do uh, counselling and deliverance. And that's why the moment the Lord showed me to start this ministry, the last four, five years, I'm getting uh, so many people from different churches coming to, to seek help here in High Point Life because they come from large Pentecostal churches, but when, we, when I ask them, don't, doesn't your church have a deliverance ministry, they say, no, we don't have a deliverance ministry, right? This ministry has been lost, but we need to, to, to restore this ministry. And what I've learned from this ministry and I want to share with you today, and I'm going to share a testimony as well, is that demons don't leave by themselves without being cast out. Many demons don't live by themselves without being cast out. You know, when I first heard this, I was very shocked. Ten years ago, Pastor Greg Danishan, uh, you all know Greg Danishan, right? Greg Danishan, the South African pastor who has come and uh, taught us a few times, he came and my mom was in, my mom was in Pastor Stephen's house, right? And um, Greg started to, to, to say this because he does deliverance ministry and he said that you know, the demons don't live by themselves. So, to me, I was like, okay, that seems contrary to, uh, to contradict what I have been taught all this while. You just become a Christian and then, you know, the devil can have no part of you, right? And, and so, uh, this, this was more than 10 years ago. And so, he was, he was there and he asked my mom to write down, write down which are the Hindu gods that she had prayed to before, okay? And so, she wrote down, she wrote down and then he asked her to renounce, break it, and then he said, Now I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to rebuke these spirits to leave. So at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, why are they still there in the first place? Right? My mom has been a Christian for so long. But why, why are they still there in, this, in the first place? And so he laid hands on her, he started rebuking the spirits. And she started manifesting. And I got a shock of my life, right? She started shaking and manifesting, and he cast out the demon, right? And so later I had that was the beginning of my journey of understanding about deliverance, but that just remained in my mind. For many years, I didn't act on it. So over the years, what happened is um, as and when people came to our church and they started manifesting, we would take them aside and say, okay, can we pray for you? And then we would help them. We would do counselling for them and we would do deliverance for them. Only case-to-case basis when there was a need, right? When someone came and they manifested. Otherwise, we would just ignore it. Now I can tell you, my dear brothers and sisters, Every single Christian I've prayed for, who has come from uh, from an occultic background, who has come from uh, from an idolatrous background, right? Uh, Whether they were Hindus or Buddhists or even in Islam, when and they have become believers for ten years, for fifteen years, for twenty years, right? When I started to just ask them to renounce it one by one, and when I started to rebuke these spirits by name, right? By name that means one by one the demons manifested okay? These demons were hiding. Why do they hide? Because they have come in through a legal right in the past, right? Nowhere in the Bible does it say when you believe in Jesus Christ and you receive Him as Lord and Savior, demons leave. Does it say that anywhere in the Bible? Can you show me in Scripture where it says? I challenge you to show me. And if that was the case, Jesus wouldn't, wouldn't have needed to institute the ministry of deliverance. Are you following me? He wouldn't have needed to make it such a big part of, uh, of, of his ministry. He could have just said, you just believe in me and then everything is going to be alright. You just believe in me and then the demons will flee. You just believe in me and then the strongholds will be broken. No. Authority needed to be exerted in order to break the strongholds after the person believed and the demons needed to be cast out, right? And so many lives have been transformed uh, through this ministry in these last few years. Okay, you can go and uh, speak to, to, to those who have been ministered to. And I want to share something that is very close to my heart. Last year, my wife was plagued with cancer. I think many of you know that, right? Now, being a pastor's wife and being my wife, I had not done ministry for her before. Now, Chiu Chin has... Shujin has gone for freedom in Christ. Now, how many of you have gone for freedom in Christ? Many of us have gone for freedom in Christ, right? She has gone for freedom in Christ twice when Samuel came. She has gone through the process of repenting, of renouncing, of breaking uh, these ties, twice, right? And she did it from her heart. Now, last year when the cancer hit, the Holy Spirit prompted me to say that I need to do deliverance for her. So I said, okay. I said, my dear wife, uh, you know, now is the time for us to go through this process because you have never gone through it before. I'm, your, I'm the pastor of the church and I'm your husband. It's not easy. So I told her, come. And so I got her to, like a normal uh, person I would counsel and do ministry for, I got her to fill up the form, right? So she filled up the form. Then we got her to re- renounce again. And the moment I started rebuking these spirits intentionally, they started manifesting. All the Taoist, Taoist spirits. She is, she is a Christian for 28 years, right, now. About 28 years, right? Betola. I think about 28 years lah, okay? The demons started manifesting. Pastor Stephen was there. I intentionally called Pastor Stephen to come and see so that he would, he would be able to see what I'm talking about. She's a pastor's wife, right? Pastor's wife. So again, what I'm trying to say is there is no shame here, there is no taboo here where, where these topics are concerned. Many of us are actually ashamed. Oh, what do people think of me? Oh, how lah? After people see me like that, then how? Right? Uh, we are we're worried about what people will, will feel. Oh, I cannot share my past. After that, they are going, uh, uh, you know, going to feel I'm so like this one, right? Are you following what I'm trying to say? So, Chiu Chin went through three days of deliverance. Many hours of many uh, demons being, 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 being set free from her, right? Besides all these occultic things, she also had issues of the heart she needed to deal with. We rebuked, we cast out these spirits. And my dear brothers and sisters, within three weeks her cancer tumour disappeared. Give God the glory. Hallelujah. Okay, within three weeks, her cancer tumour disappeared. And so what I'm sharing with you is this. Don't continue to struggle by yourselves. Church, many of you are holding on to this baggage because you feel ashamed, you feel that that's what the devil wants you to feel. Ashamed, guilty, right? Traumatised. And the devil doesn't want you to let go. But today is the day that you should let go. The pastors are here for you. If you are going through issues that you cannot break free from, if you are struggling with things, I can tell you, in most cases, demons are involved and you need counselling, you need prayer, you need deliverance. Come and set an appointment with the pastors and we will gladly come and pray for you. Okay? Now, uh, the last point is this. In my journey of counseling people towards our wholeness in Christ, I I realized that one of the biggest, biggest, biggest issues is the, the issue of forgiveness, right? Forgiveness of others is key towards your wholeness. I want you to know this. Jesus Himself said, if you don't forgive others, your Heavenly Father cannot forgive you, right? And so this is key. The issue of bitterness and unforgiveness is something that the lord has so close to his heart and he wants you to be set free from this today my dear my dear friends today i'm sensing that many of our issues stem from this area of unforgiveness and bitterness you say you just say with your lips i have forgiven but actually you have not forgiven you are still holding it in your heart all you have tried to all you have tried to do is to forget about these things right to ignore it to push it to push it uh, aside And until it surfaces again the next time a thought is triggered and then bitterness comes into your heart, because it has not been dealt with, you understand? And in all the times I've done deliverance ministry, the strongest demons, besides the the spirits of idolatry which manifest itself, is the spirits of unforgiveness and bitterness. And unforgiveness and bitterness also causes a lot of sickness to come to us, Right? A lot of sickness actually comes in from unforgiveness and bitterness. And so this is something that needs to be dealt with. So my dear friends, today I know and I'm sensing there are husbands and wives who need healing in our church. There are husbands and wives who have been battling scars, emotional scars, battling unforgiveness. Today God wants you to come and release and forgive because this is the beginning of your journey towards wholeness. Don't hold back anymore. There are there are, brothers and sisters here who have had issues amongst each other and the, and the Lord wants to bring restoration. Some of you have come from different churches and, and you are still holding baggage against people from different churches and God wants to bring restoration. Would you make that choice of forgiving today and embracing the wholeness which Jesus has come to give you. So as we close today, I want to encourage us, number one, stop wasting time and energy looking for wholeness in the wrong places. Your wholeness is only found in the arms of Jesus Christ. Amen. Shall shall we arise, church? Number two, no one except God can complete you as a person. It's only God alone who completes you. It's only God alone who completes me. Hallelujah. How beautiful is that? God has come to to complete us, but it requires us to allow Him in, allow Him to come and to take away these burdens, these baggages, these sorrows, these, uh, these emotions, these thoughts which shouldn't be there as we surrender it and as we receive His love, receive His grace, receive His empowering, receive everything that He has come to give us so that we can become whole again. And church, lastly, my challenge to you is this: stop saying it is too late. Stop saying it is impossible because nothing is impossible with God. As long as you and I are willing to take that first step forward, are willing to take the, the, the first few steps, God will take the remaining steps and you will see the breakthrough start to happen in your lives. Hallelujah. Let us close in prayer. Now. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters who are here today. I thank you, God, that it is true that you love them with an everlasting love and nothing will separate us from your love, Lord. It is true that your grace is sufficient for us but Lord, it also says that your power is made perfect in weakness and we rejoice in this power that you have given us, Lord. I pray, God, that for those of us who have been struggling with baggages and issues for so long, that today would be the day that we say, God, enough is enough, Lord. I'm coming home. I'm coming to surrender these things to you Lord I want that breakthrough I want that wholeness that you have to offer Father I pray God that every spiritual pride will be removed remove Lord the spiritual pride in all of us let us no longer hold on to these things and say Lord that this is shameful I can't talk about it that this is too difficult I can't deal with it Lord but you have given us the strength Lord and your grace is sufficient for us Lord there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus hallelujah and as as my brothers and sisters, Lord, uh, start to allow the Holy Spirit to work in them, Father, I pray that many would come forward to receive the breakthroughs that you are that, that you are inviting them to, Lord. We thank you, Father. I also pray for those uh, who are still struggling with forgiveness today, Father. Let there be healing and restoration to husbands and wives, to households. Let there be healing and restoration, Lord, to uh, to sons and daughters, to their parents, Lord. Let there be healing and restoration, God, to brothers and sisters in the family of Christ. God, let there be unity, Lord. Let there be restoration of wholeness to your church, Jesus. We want to praise you, we want to worship you, we want to lift up your name because you made it possible, Lord. On that cross, you took our sin, you took our shame, you took our baggage, you took, Lord, our rejection, you took, Lord, all the emotional scars that we face. You have taken it upon yourself, and so we exchange beauty, our ashes, for your beauty, God. Today, we thank you, oh Lord, and so, church. May the grace of God, the peace of God, the love of the Father, may the strength of God go before you into your weak. And may God give you the breakthrough you're seeking for as you pursue wholeness in Him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. And